is yours. Every bit of it. At the cross, Jesus bore the penalty of sin and the dread, the fear, the very sting of death was defeated. Remember, he defeated death at that cross. Amen. He defeated it. Every curse, every curse known to man was taken to the cross that day. Amen. Every curse. Plant that in your heart. Plant it in you. Every curse was taken to the cross. It was canceled as the enemy, so ominous back in that day in the Garden of Eden. He was so ominous. He was put under the feet of the King Eternal, Jesus. Jesus rose from the dead, and Jesus reigns. Remember that. He reigns. He reigns. In him, all our enemies are scattered. Do you believe that? You know, we buy into a lot of things that we've been taught. And we need to seek the word of God for ourselves. We say it up here all the time. Get in your word. Read it. Seek the word of God for yourself. Know what it says. Let the Holy Spirit of the living God minister that word to you. Plant it in you. Reveal to you the glory of his word. Read it for yourself. Test every word you hear. When someone's up here, when I'm up here, test the words you hear. Don't just let everything in. Test it by the word of God, making sure that what you're hearing is true. Can we come? Can we just all come like little children before our Lord when we're meeting him? When we're hearing his word, when we're in prayer with him, he wants us to. He wants us to have the kind of trust in him, not in a pastor. In him, the kind of trust in him that a little child has. He's looking for that in us. His word is truth. His word is life. We have nothing without the cross. We have nothing without his resurrection and his ascension. We can never forget the cross. The cross is so important. We have nothing without it. His resurrection and ascension bought us everything. Bought us everything. When we become clothed in Christ, When we are in him, we become one body as a body of believers with him and with all the others, not just in our church, but every true believer out there is part of the body of Christ. When we clothe ourselves with him, we can recognize others who know him as well. We're one with them. We're family, and we need to start acting like family. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about God's family, 
not the kind of families that we see all around us that are at each other. God's family handling situations the way Jesus handled them. If we immerse ourselves in him, he tells us that we are heirs with him, fellow, fellow heirs. And as we do that, what we receive are the blessings of God. Every blessing in the word of God becomes available to us as we spend our time with him, getting to know him, getting to trust him. He changes our hearts. He changes our minds. We begin to want to align ourselves with him. We want to align our thinking with his thinking. And guess what? When we do that, man, our what we think is a blessing changes. What we think we need changes because we begin to want what he wants, to desire what he wants, and he is the one who makes the changes in us. It's glorious. It's, it's amazing what God does for us. We take it for granted how he'll come in and he'll clean us up in amazing ways that we never thought we would be able to change this or change that. But God comes in and he changes everything when we spend time with him, when we walk with him. We can stay humbly, humbly submitted to God and he will take us through every single trial Every battle that we can encounter, he will bring us through every one of them victorious. I want to be able to be victorious. I want my life to be victorious. I don't want to walk in defeat. I don't want to walk at the mercy of people who, who hate the Lord. I don't want to walk in the mercy of the enemy of our soul, the demons that are out there. I want to walk in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I intend to be obedient in, in, to the best of my ability and let the Holy Spirit help me to be obedient the rest of the way. Because I'm already walking with him and he's going to tell me every time I'm out of line. And I better get back in line immediately when he tells me. If I really want those blessings, I've got to listen to him. I've got to do what he's saying. I've got to follow what he wants. I can't just go do my own thing anymore. I am his. I belong to him. And I want us to read some of the blessings that the Lord has for us. There's blessings that were for the children of Israel. There are blessings as well. The, let's read the blessings in Deuteronomy chapter 28. You have your Bible turned to that? Deuteronomy chapter 28. We're going to read all the way through, uh, well, several verses there, starting in verse 2. And it says, And all these blessings shall come upon you, and they shall overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall be you, you when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. 
The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you to be defeated before your very face. They shall come out against you one way and they will flee from you in seven different ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. These blessings were the blessings given of the law for obedience to the law. But verse 16 of Deuteronomy 28 also tells us that the disobedience to the voice of the Lord, disobedience to the voice of the Lord will turn all of those blessings into curses. So you know what I want to say? I want to say thank you, God, for Jesus Christ, our Lord. Because through Jesus, we have received power from on high, the blessed Holy Spirit, to come and be with us and help us as we go. And through Jesus, the weapons of warfare to defeat and to deflect every fiery dart of the enemy has been given to us. We have weapons of warfare that he has given us. The accuser of the brethren will be defeated because of our Jesus. The accuser will be defeated and we will overcome. We will overcome. We are going to obey the voice of the Lord. There are wonderful promises in all throughout God's word. From one end of the scriptures to the other, promise after promise that our Heavenly Father has given us. And they are all available to us as we serve him in obedience. Obedience is the name of the game. Walking with him is the name of the game. And that's what we need to do if we're going to serve him. And then Jesus has given us the prob promise in Galatians 3.13. Galatians 3.13 through the Apostle Paul. In Galatians 3.13 it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14 tells us, Galatians 3.14, why were we, we were redeemed from the curse of the law. He just, he, God always has reasons for things. Pay attention to the word of God. He's always given us reasons. In verse 14, he tells us why. And he says that it is so that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus and that we might receive the promise, the spirit through faith. Amen. Two gifts right there were given to us in verse 14. The blessings of Abraham and the spirit through faith. Two gifts. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are so privileged. 
We're privileged to receive blessings of being made right with God that came to Abraham before the law of Moses was given. Abraham was made right with God before the law of Moses was given. And we're privileged to receive from this verse the blessing of our father Abraham. The blessings do not come to us from keeping the law. How blessed are we? But from uniting with our Lord, having the faith of Abraham, believing God. That's everything to God. Believing him, having faith in him, trusting him. And then he teaches us, trust me, as we're walking with him, we end up keeping more laws than anyone ever did under the written law because it comes naturally as we walk with him. In Genesis 15, 6, let's talk about Abraham. Abraham believed. That's, that's found in Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed, and it's found other places too, but that's the one I'm looking at. And God counted his belief towards him as righteousness. It wasn't because of any of Abraham's religious practices, and it wasn't because of circumcision, like some have tried to say. Circumcision hadn't even been instituted yet. The word plainly states that Abraham believed God. God called Abraham righteous because Abraham took God at his word. That's why God called him righteous. He took God at his word. Everything that Abraham asked for didn't happen immediately. He had to wait a really long time for some of the promises God made to him to come to pass. He had to walk in obedience a very, very long time. Yet even in all of that, he didn't waver. He never wavered. We sometimes waver. And we need to get close with God and say, Lord, I don't want to waver. No matter how long something takes, no matter what is going on, I want to stand firm. I want to believe your word. I don't want to waver. I'm not going to be double-minded. I am going to trust you. I am going to trust you. Abraham was the kind of man who, if God said so, it would be. If God said so, it would be. That's the kind of believer I want to be. God said it, it's going to happen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. His faith, God accounted to him as righteousness. This is how we're to approach our relationship with God, believing him. Believing him, no matter what our eyes see, no matter what our ears hear, no matter how long it takes. Amen. If our God promised it, let's believe it. Let's believe it. We can believe it. Let's do it. Let's do it. If we're walking in close relationship with him, we can be sure that he's going to guide our steps. He's going to show us which way to go. Amen. 
who to speak to, what to say, a word in season, how to pray. And even when we don't know how to pray, what did he do? He gave us the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf. It's glorious. It's glorious. We need to start walking in the glory of our King. We need to do it. Let's not just speak it with our lips. Let's be doers of the word. Let's do it. The promises are awesome and amazing. If we falter, we know we have the Holy Spirit to always show us the way back. Anytime. Because we're not perfect, but we're seeking to be more and more like our Lord Jesus Christ as we walk with him. His voice alone should be what we seek to hear. Nothing else matters. His voice alone. And he will do the impossible for us. Because nothing's impossible for him. The prophet Habakkuk reminded all the people long after the law was given in Habakkuk 2.4. He said, the just shall live by faith. This was after the law. The just shall live by faith. So I say you don't believe in God. Believe God. There's a difference. Don't just believe in God. Believe God. Believe him. He's your father. He's your provider. He loves you. He's your creator. Believe him if he says it. I say we need to believe God. Take him at his word like Abraham did. Believing God is our highest worship of him. I truly, I truly feel that way, that believing him is our highest worship form of worship. Live by faith. Jesus took the curse so that all the blessings of Abraham would come upon us. And what is the biggest blessing? What is our biggest blessing? So let's read again in Galatians 3.14. That the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. And we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That promise has come, hasn't it? That promise is here. The promise of the Spirit through faith. No one can receive the promise of the Spirit who does not have belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and has not called him as Lord and Savior. We are so privileged as believers. We have the promise. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit. If we are in, in Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit through faith. Jesus promised it, didn't he? Jesus promised that he would send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to us after his ascension into heaven. He promised us that. Jesus took our curse, and then he gave us the blessing, this blessing, the Holy Spirit. He's our biggest blessing. 
Thank you, Lord. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is upon us. The Holy Spirit is overflowing from us. He wants to be. Let's claim it. Let's claim it. Let's say, I'm going to be that person. He's in me. He's on me. He's flowing through me. Lift rivers of living water. Everyone here can walk in that power and authority. Everyone here. It's not special little chosen people. Everyone here, you believe him. The Holy Spirit will flow through you. Rivers of living water. And praise God, those rivers of living water are to touch others. It's not just about us. And if it is, then we're not really following the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about everyone else. Flowing, flowing, flowing rivers of living water to touch others. Yeah, full supply. The scripture, this sermon is about Jesus supplies. He gives us full supply. He's not stingy with us at all. He took our curse and he gave us full supply. Place that and plant it in your heart. All supply is there and available to us through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit that he's given us. In John 16, 12 through 15, Jesus says, I still have many things to tell you, to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak not on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, Jesus said. Therefore, I said, he will take a mine and declare it to you. That's how we need to be living. The spirit of truth has come. Jesus has blessed us. We can receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And how many blessings, how many blessings does the Holy Spirit bring to us? It's immeasurable. <laughs> the blessings are immeasurable. The Holy Spirit, he enables us to live a righteous and a faithful life. He acts as our comforter. Oh, we need him so much. He intercedes for us, and he's our advocate in times of trial. He softens our hearts. He tills the soil of our hearts so that we can receive. And then he plants the seed of his fruit in there, right in our hearts, within us, so that we are able to bear love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. That fruit that he plants in us, it will overshadow and it will destroy the works of the flesh. I want you to think about that. Those fruits planted in us have the capacity to overshadow and to destroy all the works of the flesh. 
fruit to be like our Lord. Fruit that remains in us when we abide in Jesus. In John 15, Jesus told us to abide in his love and to keep his commandments. His joy will remain in us, he said. In him, we are supplied with his love and supplied with his joy. Let's read uh, John 15, 11 through 17. John 15, 11 through 17. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Full joy. God doesn't do things halfway. He wants our joy to be full. Abiding in Jesus brings fullness of joy. More full supply. John 15, 12 through 17. This is my commandment, Jesus said, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant doesn't know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Shortly after saying this, Jesus would lay down his life for his friends, didn't he? We too can be called his friends if we do whatever he commands, just like he said here. You want to be a friend of the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, he's our, he's our everything, really. But to be called his friend. Wow. Verse 16, he said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That whenever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that you love one another. Okay, so what's the fruit that remains? The fruit that remains is the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, Jesus mentioned, he mentioned love and he mentioned joy. We know that people... Anybody, any person who you know, you will fondly remember them for their fruit long after they've departed. Whether they're a friend, whether they've departed and passed on, you will remember them for kindness, patience, gentleness. It can go very far in winning people. That's the kind of things we want to be remembered for. These qualities... You know, they can be so hard to find, even in, amongst believers these days. All of the fruit of the Spirit should be normal for us. It should be our norm. All of those, because it's really one fruit. It's a fruit, and it has all of those things in it. We like to separate them out. Well, I'm pretty good at being patient, but, you know, I'm not very gentle. 
know, or whichever ones you want to pick. But all of them, it's like one fruit, and in that fruit is all the delicious gifts of the Spirit right there. All the fruit of the Spirit is right there. Not the gifts, I'm sorry. All the fruit is right there. The goodness, the patience, the gentleness, the self-control, all of it right there. Love, joy. I've lost my place. Give me a moment. So why so? The, uh, Jesus appointed us. He chose us for the particular job. And I'm right down here. We're at verse. Give me a second. Okay. He bestows abilities beyond our natural abilities as we're walking with him. Why do we want these gifts of the Spirit on top of the fruit of the Spirit? Because whatsoever you ask in Jesus' name, the Father will give it to you. We will be supplied with all things that we need. And these gifts of the Holy Spirit are gifts that we need if we really want to accomplish the work of God in this world and in our churches. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need them to be active. So yes, we have the fruit of the Spirit, and everybody better be walking in this fruit of the Spirit and seeking it out and trying to develop it and grow in the fruit of the Spirit. But I want us to move on and talk about the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who's our counselor and our guide, he's the giver of the gifts of God. We're told that he's the giver of the gifts of God. He bestows abilities above and beyond anything you can imagine. At his will, let's not forget that part of it. He bestows the gifts at his will. But guess what? We're told to ask for the gifts. So tell the Father what you need. Tell him what you need. The Holy Spirit will equip us to overcome every doubt, every hardship, every stronghold. He will equip us to overcome all of them. Every enemy that comes our way, ask him for the gifts. Ask as Jesus told us to do. Jesus said, you receive not because you ask not. Let's back up in John uh, chapter. Let's go to chapter 14. And we're just going to read this. We're going to look at chapter 14. In John 12 through 14, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Amen. And greater works than these because I go to my Father. <laughs> and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Do you believe him? Amen. Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> may he be pleased with each one of us that we believe him when he gives these promises to if we really believed him, you know, sometimes I don't think we do that much because if we really believed him, we would be seeing a lot of different things going on in all the churches if the churches believed him. I'm not talking about those who aren't who think the gifts, you know, are no longer. 
How about the charismatic churches? How about the Pentecostal churches? We would be seeing a lot more of the Holy Spirit's activity today in our Pentecostal and in our charismatic churches if we really believed him and took him at his word. And I'm saying that's what we need to do. We need to press in. We need to start believing our Lord who has given us these great and marvelous promises. We need to do what he told us, ask him for the gifts, ask him. And though the Holy Spirit is the one who decides and gives them out and delivers them, if you ask, guess what? All right, not going to give you a stone, not going to give you a serpent when you ask. The Holy Spirit is given to us. The Holy Spirit was that promise. He will give the Holy Spirit to whoever asks of him. And with the Holy Spirit, he's in you. He's got all the gifts already. The power of the living God is in you. He's there ready to do anything needed. I am a firm believer that we need to start praying for and looking at and going after the gifts of the Holy Spirit because the days are evil, the days are short, and the enemy is out there doing everything he can. He's out there tricking people into, into seeking power outside of the living God. And where's that power coming from? Not from the Holy Spirit. That power is coming from demons and from the pits of hell. So I am fully convinced because you look around this world, and we said it in the car driving up here, the enemy's not even hiding anymore. Nope. He's not even trying to hide. We need to have the presence of the Holy Spirit manifested here and in our individual lives. And we can have it, but we need to trust him and believe him for it. I believe God. I'm not going to chase after a gift. I'm not going to, oh, Lord, I want the gift of healing. No, I want the Holy Spirit in me, full power, full force. I believe you, God, that you are powerful, you are almighty, and you will work through me whatever. Whatever is needed at that moment, you will do it. I can trust you. I wouldn't be standing up here, period, if I didn't trust the Holy Spirit of the living God. Amen. He can work through anyone. It doesn't take someone special. It just takes someone who believes him. Praise God. Praise God. I didn't mean to be yelling. <laughs> but he says if you ask anything in his name, he'll do it. So if we believe him, may he be pleased. <laughs> do you know how pleasing it would be to God's heart if we all believed him and we all started operating in his gifts? Wow. <laughs> all things were made for his pleasure, the word of God says. All things, it's one of the things, but all things were made for his pleasure. We were made for his pleasure. We were made to glorify him, many other things. But the word tells us we were made for his pleasure. We are called to show forth his praise. <laughs> and we're created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works and bringing glory to his name. Is his name glorified when we're not believing him? So seek out the promises of God in his word and believe them. The promises belong to you. It's like having a, a, a tree full of presents underneath, full of the promises of God, and, and no one's going over and opening the present. 
to say, oh, this has my name on it. Gotta ask. Gotta believe. And he's gonna do it. Do these works to to meet the needs of others. The works of God is what we want to do. We're to claim the works of Jesus. He said, seek out the promises of God and his word and believe him and the promises that belong to us as we claim them, we will do the works that Jesus did. Over your own life, claim those promises and over the lives of your loved ones, claim those promises, claim those promises for your neighborhood, for our country, and it just goes on and on. Claim the promises of God. No one's claiming, well, I'm not going to say no one's claiming them, but it's not happening like it should be. Let's claim his promises over our families, over our own lives. It starts there. It starts there because why? What does Jesus do when we start believing him? He sets the captives free. He sets the captives free when we believe him. People held in bondage are released. Chains are broken. Addictions are broken. Illnesses are broken. Every evil desire that can come up into the heart of a man can be broken. Every addiction, everything holding us back from the glorious promises of God and the future he has for each individual life that he allowed to be on this earth. He has a hope, he has a promise for each one, and he will deliver it. He will deliver it. Every kind of sickness and disease, anything and everything that demons have tried to inflict on humanity as we see it everywhere, broken in the name of Jesus by the power of his might, by the word of God, by our testimonies. Believe him. Seek him. Seek him in your private prayer. Let your life be the gospel. How about that? Let your life be the gospel, be a testimony of Jesus in your words and in your deeds as you're going about your life. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. Just listen to him and obey him. God is the worker of the miracles. God is the worker of the miracles. You just have to be his instrument, his vessel. Lay hands on the sick if if you see them and he's directing. Have that kind of faith. Lay hands on the sick and believe that God is going to just move through you and do what God does. You're not a healer. God's a healer. Comfort one another. Be there for one another. Speak to demonic forces and command that they leave and depart as Jesus did. He says, these works that I do. He commanded demons to leave the lives of people. Whether they were oppressed, whether they were possessed, whatever you want to call it. He said, depart now, out in Jesus' name, and they left. We need to believe because he's working in us to do the same things. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, not just individuals. Everyone has the power of the Holy Spirit available to you at all times if you're walking with him. 
We want to be a church, an army. How about that? What if everybody, the ones who come in here and others who even here, if everyone <laughs> rose up and said, I believe you, God, and I'm willing to step out and do what you ask, what would happen? What would happen in this world? What would happen if one church starts it? What are the possibilities? You're called in Jesus' name. And in Daniel 11.32, it says this. The people who know their God, you know these scriptures. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Do we know him? If you're not being strong and carrying out great exploits, What's holding you back today? If you're not doing it, what's holding you back? You know, I say let's speak to it right where you are, whether you're listening or you're here, right where you are. Stand in your authority. Speak to whatever, whatever is holding you back. Whatever is holding your family back. Speak victory. Shout if you got to shout. Take authority over it in Jesus' name. Speak Amen. to the mountain. Yes. Yes, what did the Lord say we had in the song? Yes. Speak to the mountain. Whatever that mountain is, anything holding you back from experiencing the wonders of our mighty God that's keeping you from walking in your belief of who he is. Speak to it, because we're going to claim victory over it. We can claim victory in Jesus' name over every temptation. Victory to stand against the devil. You have that right. You have that victory available to you. Victory over all the testings that might come your way. Victory over the power of the enemy. Oh, that's nothing to be taken lightly. Victory for your family members who are held in bondage. Ah, you know, you speak the word of God and the promises of God as a believer in God who had a covering over the family, who God promised. We speak to those things. We want to speak to everything that is holding us back from the promises that God has given us at the cross, what Jesus did for us there. Every battle is won by the Almighty One who supplies all of our needs. What's his name? Jesus. We will stand, devil. We're putting you on notice, and I don't care if you're upset. We will stand, devil. We will not taste defeat. We're going to move forward and be conquerors in whatever the Lord puts before us to do. We're going to be obedient. We're going to walk in faith, trusting our God. And our victory cry is going to be this right here. The broken made whole. We have it right on our wall. Right there, the broken made whole. That's our victory. That's our victory. We're all, you're made whole in Jesus Christ. That says it all. You're going to be made whole in Jesus Christ. If anybody wants prayer, 
You can come forward and we're going to pray together. But I want us to pray together too. We can pray for one another. 